welcome back everybody to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. This week we have the guys in here from Counting Gravestones. From left to right, let me tell you who's in here. I got uh, Mr. Connor Fuchs. He's the vocalist of the band. He does both vocals because this is a contrast band. It's like a so, dual vocal type band where you have the growl and the and then you also have the, the melodic singing voice. You do both. A lot yes, of bands sir. have two singers. You do both. And to your left, we have John Murray, one of the guitar players yep. in the band. It's a dual guitar band. You have the two guitar players, the bass player, the drummer. Yep. Yep. You guys on the other guitar is Jack Strader. Correct. Yes, sir. On bass, you have Tomo. Yep. <laughs> and the drum situation is kind of the one situation that's not like really nailed yep. down right now. You it's, guys had a drummer for a while there. It's up in the air for right, for right now, yeah. Um. Yeah, basically what happened is we had a, our, our original just drummer, Justin Tura, um, he had to leave the band over um, personal ba- personal reasons, an altercation yeah. at a live show. He just didn't feel comfortable with playing live anymore. And we, to an extent, understood that. Um, uh, so basically what happened is we he kind of ditched us right like a week before a show with Dropout Kings um, at the Outpost in Kent. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to that venue or not. Oh, yeah. Um, so we were like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? So we tried to get Jack's dad, who's a, who's a very talented drummer, um, to learn our music before then, uh, like five or six songs. Yeah. And uh, it just wasn't working out. And I ended up tes- texting our uh, um, promoter, Chris, who was promoting the show. And I was like, dude, I don't think we're going to be able to make it. And um, l- immediate, maybe like seconds after that, yeah. What was it? Yeah, like maybe seconds after I texted Chris, Alex Sadler, um, a session drummer who works with uh, Iravera and records his own music, does a lot of covers on YouTube. Check him out. Really good guy. Um, he ended up filling in for us. Uh, we sent him how many, five or six songs? Well, we have four out right now, but I sent him two demos. Right, So. Right. So about we were able to get about six. Yeah, so we sent him six songs. We had a week to do this. I'm like, dude, do you think you can do this? And he was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And we're like, all right. So we show up to the venue. Oh, well, we pra- we rehearsed beforehand. One time. One time, and it went well. But we were all still pretty, like, shaky because we hadn't worked with a, a new drummer in, like. And the drummer's kind of an important part of the band, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, he like, drives everything. Yeah, you know right. What I mean? But um, we ended up getting on stage and – we killed the show. It was a really, really, really good show, and we were really happy with how it came out. But, yeah, we're still up in the air about, you know, finding a new drummer, but for now we've been working with Alex to send us tracks for recording and such um, and getting new uh, tracks out. So this kind of puts a hiatus right now on the on the gigging, right? I mean, um, it's kind of hard to gig without a drummer. And Yeah, uh, we, we, were thought, we thought we were on hiatus for a while. Uh, we didn't think we were going to be able to play live shows for a while, but um, we had a show scheduled in March, uh, with a band, Harakiri for the Sky, a uh, death metal band out of Austria, and uh, an opening act, Ghost Bath, who's a uh, black metal band that plays in the U.S. quite a bit. Um, so I really wanted to be like, all right, like we got to at least find someone before then because this is a big opportunity for us, being able to play at Preserving Underground, same place that Beartooth played at like a year before. Um, so we ended up getting Jack's dad, um, back into the mix, and he actually had time to sit down and play those, like uh, start playing our music. The difference with Alex was is that he's a session drummer. He's like trained to be able to yeah. learn that on a short term uh, amount of time. He's ear trained. Right, right. 
So like, um, we we ended up bringing Jack's dad back in, and he he's like been killing it lately, and um, yeah, uh, we were tentatively saying that we, I think we were gonna be able to start playing live shows soon. Sweet. So, so. Let me just give an example. I mean, let people know kind of what you guys are about. So you're, you're definitely a, a, you know, extreme band, yeah. right? I mean, I'd go into saying you guys extreme, but, th- but you guys, are, you guys aren't void of melody or anything like that. There's melodies that you guys incorporate in here. You got some seriously cool guitar parts too. Really good riffs. Someone's coming up with some really cool riff stuff that's coming in there. You guys are really good at trading off things too. Like all of a sudden you'll be going down a road and then, and then it goes right into this other part and it's another cool riff you know really good at that but you know one of the things that sticks out obviously is the vocal part of this thing because Mm -hmm. a lot of these bands that are set up are set up with dual vocalists and rightfully so i mean you're able to do both and you do both really well and and thank you though seriously yeah but like how do you discover that you can do both of these things and and is it just like something that you just decided you're like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna do it myself and and learned i think i think it was uh, it came a lot from me learning, like, just learning early on how to sing. Like, uh, I, I listened to a lot of, like, Avenged Sevenfold early on in my life. Like, that was what, that was the first band that was, like, made me realize I wanted to do music. And knowing M. Shadows, the lead singer of Avenged Sevenfold, he's very, very into doing melodic vocals, but still having them be powerful, while also implementing screams, but to accent. So when I first, like, I started learn, listening to their newer stuff when I first started out, all their melodic stuff, very, um, you know, flowy and stuff like that. And then started digging into their earlier stuff where he was just doing visceral, like, high screams, and I'm like, oh, dude, this is sick. So I wanted to start implementing that sound where I, I loved the idea of being able to switch, like, like on a dime of, like, going from this heavy, just visceral scream to changing it up to this very, very melancholy melodic sound and i think that was that was something early on that we kind of established like it was kind of like a unspoken rule in the band that we were just kind of wanting to go for something that where we have this heaviness to us but still have a a melody that people can like sing along to and dance along to and still have like that that kind of poppiness to it to an extent so how do you like a lot of bands go about this in different ways how they do this especially like vocally Mm mm-hmm you know, like because you have two voices, right? The song a lot of times gets two voices, and then you'll have like a back and forth thing, almost conversations sometimes going yeah. on between the two voices and stuff. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Is, is that how you kind of use that that two things, or is it sometimes just one message and you're just using two different voices to convey it? Or how did I, I, I think um, there, there's a like a, with our song facade. Uh, that's the best way I can put it when it's like two voices kind of talking back and forth to each other. Yeah, um, the chorus of that one has a like a call and response type thing. Yeah, almost. Oh, so that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like yeah. That. So like, there's a scream part that screams out like this this question, that's like very and a very aggressive question, and then proceeds to ask a much more uh, deeper, darker, like almost sadder question after that. And like, I kind of wanted to convey the idea of almost being angry about the fact that you're basically hiding behind a mask and that response being, how do I get out of this? How do I become myself when I'm constantly trying to please other people by putting on this mask and putting on these different faces for other people? So, yeah, so this is, like, well thought out. Like, so, so you're, you, not only do you have this duality going on, but 
you're taking that duality and saying, okay, I, I'm, I can do this with it and make this happen. It's more artistic and that kind of thing. I, I think yeah. about that a lot because it's like, look, it's like, why do it if you're not doing that? Right. Why have the two different voices if you're not doing you something that like way. that? Yeah. No, for sure. I completely get that. And, and there's certain songs where we don't really utilize it as much, where we just like having that heavy sound at a certain part yeah. and then just completely switching it. You do whatever you want at, the, at this point with, with, with those. Now, as far as writing the guitar, do you write a lot of the, the songs? I mean, do you, do you write a lot of the music? Does the band collectively write the music? How, do you, how would you guys? So it usually starts with either an idea that me or Jack has, and then we work off of it, and then we bring it to the band, and then we pretty much work off um, what we got from there and then develop the song. And Connor would come up with like a vocal line over it or something, and then we add a bass part to it. We usually write section by section, unless me or Jack has like a recording of multiple sections. But it usually goes pretty smoothly. It's usually me or Jack that initiates it. Yeah, there. It's very much a team effort, I, I would say, when it comes to the writing process. Like, um, it'll either be Jack introducing a, a guitar riff or John introducing a guitar riff. And, I mean, sometimes it switches around. I mean, our most recent single, John, John wrote the entire thing and is teaching Jack how to play it and add it to, add to it. But, like, a lot, of our, a lot of our writing process has been John and Jack kind of collabing. Because, the, the, I mean, both these guys very, like, have, they have a connection to each other that I, I, I just can't find anyone else that has that kind of connection. Yeah, that's cool. Where they, like, Jack will come with a riff and it's like a very not very simple but it's more of a broken down like you know basic chord riff and john will like oh yeah i recorded a uh, guitar part like 6 years ago that that like literally lines up with this thing and i'm like how'd that happen like yeah. but well, it does though it does like music in general how many times can you you know there's guys out there who write booklets of poetry and and lyrics and stuff like that and some guy writes a song and then all of a sudden you're like dude mm-hmm. That's part. This is like this is like, it's almost like this goes. It goes meant to happen. Yeah. It just it just happens that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially when you have good chemistry. Right. That's what oh, I mean. Yeah. I, overall, I think it, it has a lot to do with the chemistry of the band. And I mean, Tomo and fall, falls in there too because I mean, Tomo's an oddball. I will admit, but I, I love him for it because I mean, when we first met this guy, he was absolutely silent. I think the he said like maybe three words to me when we first tried him out in the band. He was like, "Yeah, hi, I'm Tomo," and shook my hand, and I don't think said a word the entire time the rest of the rehearsal. <laughs> you see this guy on stage, oh my and God. he turns into an <laughs> absolute monster on stage. And he's a great bass player. Oh Ex- yeah, fantastic, he's incredible. Bass he can like run around the stage while playing the most complicated bass line you've ever seen. Oh yeah, like wow, no very very talented. Not just a musician, but a performer in general. Oh yeah. He's a natural-born performer. Exactly, Show and it's man. like, it's like, dude, I want to get to know you more, but you like, you, it's it's weird because we we have this natural connection to each other through the music, but like, when it comes to Toma, we don't really know a lot about him. He's kind of a wild card. So you know that sometimes that's better for Tomo. Well, well, yeah, for him, I mean, his size, obviously he becomes an enigma at this point. I mean, it's like when of, yeah. we first saw him on stage, like we were just as shocked. Like we were we, as the crowd was when we saw him like running around on stage, jumping into the crowd. Oh, that kind of stuff oh, too. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and like, it was it was weird because we realized, at least I realized, I'm like, oh, this guy's trying to create an image for himself. Well, he has he has an image. I've seen the pictures of him and I've seen him oh, perform yeah. and stuff. You too, though. 
Mm-hmm. You have a distinctive image when you're up there on, on too. You guys, you put the makeup on, not yeah. the, not not dressing like a, a a female maybe makeup, but you have more right. like the the King Diamond type. Not, it's kinda, not like that, but it's well, it's kinda a like, similar, well, the black metal vibe. Yeah, that, the that, that exa- exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah, no, I got really inspired by it. like uh, when I first started getting into like mayhem and shit like that. Yeah, right. I loved that imagery where it was just dark, grungy. Like you didn't know like these guys could kill people. Like yeah. that's what you thought. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I got really inspired by that imagery, and I just, I love, like, that's part of the, like, excitement for me is, like, putting on that makeup and turning into a different character on stage. Well, it's, you know, I, I think partially, too, like, you know, like, growing up and, and following a lot of these different bands and stuff, mm-hmm. when you have a front man who looks a certain way mm-hmm. and acts a certain way, I don't know if you know, like, old Genesis, okay? Like, oh, um, yeah. like Peter Gabriel, when he was first coming out, he would have the odd makeup he had, right. he had the crazy hair and all mm-hmm. that but when you would think of genesis then you thought of peter Gabriel. That, you thought face, you had yeah. you you could see the image of it all and it would all distinctively you could relate to that band immediately mm-hmm. and i think of you guys that way oh, i think I, I think of you guys where i'm like they even have a distinctive person in the band that you remember mm-hmm. like like not everybody has that like right. you can't always just rely on the music i mean i, I know every band wants to wants to and you, right. obvious reasons but there's got to be something that separates you mm. from the other bands. Well, yeah. I mean, like, it's funny, like, you mentioned that because, like, I, I, I say that shit all the time. Like, if you can't, if you can't put your, your uh, art on stage and sell it, there's no point in doing it. Because, exactly. like, like exactly. it's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally think that if you can't, if, if you can't show it on stage, then there's really no point in recording in the first place if you can't show that you are capable of doing it. So you're live first is in, in your mind. That's the and most important part. To an part. extent, yeah, because, well, I, I love that connection to the, the crowd. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not like we're playing to, like, thousands of people or anything right now. We're, we're pretty early, obviously. But, like, the seeing that pit open up and seeing people, like, starting to learn your lyrics and, yeah, like, seeing... Cool. Yeah, that was cool. Like, there was, a, show? there was a show uh, we played in... Shoot, what was it? That was the Worcester one, right? Yeah, it was the Worcester show at the vault, Worcester. right? Yeah. Yeah. There was there was like at least like seven to ten people that were like screaming the lyric people I've never met before screaming along our lyrics. Well you guys do have some pretty good uh, you know, numbers as far as like your 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 streams. Yeah, yeah. not think of that. <laughs> but as far as your streams on, on Spotify's and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, you guys do pretty good. I mean, I think one of your songs has like over 8,000. Yeah, uh, we have a, we list. have one, I think it was like two, uh, I'm trying to think. Was it, was it 2,000 or was it, I thought I saw, I could have swore it was, but I think I, I it was 2,000. All our songs are like approaching four, th- four, three, two, and one K respectively. The, so, yeah, from release date, yeah. Oh, that's see, and so there's got to be people out there that are listening to it more than once, and and then you, you that's what you got. You got right. people memorizing stuff. I always wondered what that was like. I've been in a lot of cover bands and stuff like that, but I've never mm-hmm. been in a situation where I was out there singing my song and people uh-huh. were singing the words back to me. No, it's it's like it's really surreal in a yeah, sense. That's the word for sure. Yeah, surreal. because like. Obviously, like I've been that kid in the crowd that's like screaming the lyrics to, to to the singer that I'm like like idolizing, but like seeing that get mirrored back to me, I'm like, oh shit, people actually like this stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, pretty wild, man. Yeah, um, John. So how do you uh, how, what, when do you pick up the guitar? How does that work out for you? How does how do you get to this point? Well, um, how much I pick up the guitar. Usually, pretty much as much as I can. To no, no, no. When, what, when what age? Like, oh. when did you start playing the guitar? Yeah. That, that, that. Oh yeah. So, 
when I first started off, I wasn't really serious about it, like how all beginners start. I was <laughs> maybe like 13, maybe, and I was like, oh, my fingers hurt. I don't want to do this. I took like a few years off, and I discovered bands like ACDC and like Led Zeppelin and stuff. I was like, especially Van Halen, I was like, wow, I want to play like that. And it was just from there, it was like, keep getting better, you know. Do you still go back to Eddie every once in a while? Is he still somebody you still? Yeah, definitely. Like, it was pretty much him. He was the main one. Angus Young, I always thought was really cool. Um, pretty much from then on, my goal was to, like, I want to I want to play like that. And then I just started to get into other types of music. And then it just evolved. Yeah, pretty much the whole time. I was like, how much better can I get? And that's why I practiced hours. Like if I can every day, trying to always get better. So still to this day, you're in that same mode. Yep. You guys know you guys are all the same. I swear to God, there's just something about certain musicians where you hear that same story all the time. The, for the good ones, the yeah. ones are, the ones that are that are you know like you, you, I think a lot of people just think that certain people can just pick up a guitar and play a guitar. They're just so talented. I don't think any every guy that we've had in here that's one of the better guitar players. They always say. Practice, 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 practice. It's like constant practice, practice, stacks, practice. Yeah. yeah, and they and none of these guys will sit back and try to act like, oh, it's easy. It's uh, they're all like, no, dude. You, if you're not practicing constantly, you're not good. Right. And even, even talented guitar players will tell you it's not easy. <laughs> like, no, that's what I mean. The yeah, most right, the right. most talented have to practice though. I mean, right. you, the guitar is a tough instrument. It's not, oh, it's not something you can just pick up and play. For sure. Um, and and as far as like um, let's just Jack now. Did you guys know Jack before the band, or how did you guys form the band? How did so, that, so um, how we, it formed? We had the original first drummer, yeah, Aaron. Yeah, he's actually our our uh, original drummer, Aaron. Uh, he ended up not being able to commit to the band and ended up. Uh, he's actually in another band called uh, Darling Decay, uh, very good uh, hardcore band. Yeah. Check them out. But um, yeah, we started in like the height of COVID. Like, right when everyone was going into quarantine, it was, like, that summer. Like, I had just graduated high school, and... Jack didn't even have his license. No, Jack, Jack was 15, and he he looked like he was 17. Wow. Like, I had no idea. Um, one day... So, basically, one day, uh, through mutual friends, uh, I met Aaron over text, and I'm like, hey, I do vocals, and I sent him a like a, a video of me like at a rock camp doing um, a cover of Shepherd of Fire by Avenged Sevenfold. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll try you out for sure. And then like there was so much mix up in what we were actually doing because he texted me. He's like, yeah, I need a guitarist for like a Slipknot cover band. I'm like, all right, cool. So I, <laughs> I show up with my PRS in like at a case and I got like my amp and everything, like my little a little like uh practice amp and these guys got like fucking line sixes that are this tall. <laughs> oh, I still <laughs> had my just my PV at that time. Right, right. But, but Jack had practice the, amp. Jack had the giant ass amp. Uh, he was but the one that first kind of had that. I since stuff. upgraded to an actual half stack, so I don't still use that PV. But. Right, right. But anyway, so I show up and Jack's in the in the garage uh playing guitar. John's in the garage. I, I introduce myself. And I'm waiting on um, Aaron to come out so we can start doing um, Slipknot covers. <laughs> so I pull out my guitar, and I, I learned Sulphur by Slipknot off of All Hope is Gone to, like, show these guys what I was. And I, I started playing, like, and I showed Jack. And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, that's sick. And he's like, you know, you're doing vocals, right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what? 
we and were he's all like, pretty yeah. confused the first day. The <laughs> message I got is, do you want to play bass in a metalcore band? <laughs> but then I was like, maybe I'd be better at guitar. He's like, oh, I got someone else for guitar. So I thought, he thought he was joining a Slipknot cover band on guitar. He thought he was doing the bass. I, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a total clusterfuck. But <laughs> was it organized well? Is that what happened? Was yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was kind of a history of with, with Aaron. It was a, we, we, we were always pretty disorganized at that point in time. But, um, but yeah, basically, so what happened was I put my guitar down. Aaron comes out. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we were gonna, we were gonna um, audition you with this uh, um, bullet for my da- Valentine song. Uh, pra- yeah. uh, what was it called? Tears, Tears don't, don't fall. fall. Yeah, Tears don't fall. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know that song. No problem." And I'm like, "Can I use your bathroom real quick?" I walk into the bathroom and like turn my phone speakers <laughs> on and put put it up to my ear. I'm like, "What are these?" <laughs> yeah, I totally know this. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like listening to this song. I'm like shit, shit, shit. And I like I'm reading the lyrics along with it. I'm like, "All right, I can do this." And I go out to the garage again, and the speaker wasn't working. The the vocal the vocal yeah we had it plugged into the um, wrong line the wrong line. So he was just screaming his lungs out. We could barely hear. Yeah, so so I'm literally just <laughs> organic acoustically screaming. Yeah, and amongst all these amps, <laughs> right, oh, yeah. right. And loud. I think the the main reason that I got into the band was what Jack Jack told me. He's like, yeah, you're the only person we auditioned that like I was able to hear your screams over top of us. Oh, and I was like, Shit, ended that's up working cool. in your favor. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, we ended up doing that, and then like I think what two day two rehearsals later, we wrote Bloodbound. Yeah, we started writing it. It started with an idea that Aaron had on the drums, yeah. and then I played the rhythm over it, and I believe I wrote. Most of the rest of it, but Jack wrote the little melody, and I harmonized it. But yeah, that's how that one came about. Right. No, that was it that was, was our first track we ever recorded. But yeah, um, it was originally a lot different. Mm-hmm. We since improved it before we released. That's it. why. Yeah, we, that's why we re-released it on Spotify. We had it on SoundCloud, and it sounded like garbage because we, <laughs> we we recorded yeah. the drum uh, part on my phone. And just sent it over to our producer. Oh. <laughs> this is the first time you guys ever did anything. Right, though, right. Huh? He was like, "Yeah, he, he, you think we could, you could work with this?" <laughs> He's like, "Fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're quick. We're gonna take a break. Yeah, no problem. We'll come back in a couple more minutes. The guys from Counting Gravestones. This is Level Up Cleveland. Hello, everybody. Big Bry here. This June 10th Level Up Cleveland Concert Series presents Bittersweet Revenge. You can try to live, but And Craig Martini. See them all June 10th at the Maple Grove Tavern. Show starts at 8 p.m. 21 or over. Go to levelupcleveland.com for tickets and information. What's up, everybody? This is Don Foose from One Life All In, The Spud Monsters, Run Devil Run, Lifeline, and my solo band, Foose. I'm coming at you live to let you know I have a new book out called Motivate Me. It's a memoir of inspirational quotes, stories, and life lessons. This book takes you through my life and shows how I've handled adversity firsthand by the inspiration of others. If you lack enthusiasm but want to make goals in life and get after them, 
then this book is for you. To order, go to my website at foosforlife.com, F-O-O-S-E-F-O-R-L-I-F-E.com, foosforlife.com. I'd like to send a big shout out to Big Bry and Pat the Producer at Level Up Cleveland for making a platform for hometown musicians and artists like myself to promote our bands and projects. This is Don Foos signing off for the Level Up Cleveland podcast. Peace out. guys from counting gravestones we got connor and john here with us and um you know what i want to talk about a little bit now is the music do you guys you, you mentioned bloodbound that was like the first song you guys talked about how you guys wrote it and everything um you guys got like four songs out now you guys are working on another one you were saying mm-hmm. yep yep um so let's talk about that i want to talk about the songs a little bit and, and the music that you guys have, have, have written for sure and um, um so what was after bloodbound uh after Bloodbound, Never Surrender, we that was our second song we ever wrote, I believe. Right, that yeah. was a that was a guitar part that Jack came to the table with, and he had actually written it about, wrote it about a um, a close friend of his who had ended up um, dying in a uh, bike crash. Oh uh, wait, that was that was the friend who took his own life. Oh shoot, yeah, he he's lost a lot of people. Um, yeah. that was actually how we came about with the name um, Counting Gravestones because all of us have. We're in a really dark time because we had just lost a lot very of close people to us that wow. that had just ended up. And then we, we just thought it was appropriate. Um, but, yeah, uh, Never Surrender was about a close friend of Jack's that had taken his own life. And he wanted to write a song about not giving up on, you know, his memory. And, and I, I really like I really connected with that idea. And it, it's it's a cool song because, I mean, it's it's one of our more basic songs, I will admit. But I really like that song because of the of the meaning behind it and just how much it means to Jack and how much it means to all of us in a sense we're not wanting to give up even after losing the people that we love. Yeah, that's cool. And and, and what's kind of cool about this it, to me is like you obviously after you guys did Bloodbound, you guys probably, you know, you're there, you're listening to the playback of that first song, and your guys must have just had that moment where you look at each other and go, yeah. wow, dude, this is like yeah. above and beyond what we all thought we could possibly do. So so now you're getting into that second writing process. Now you're going to write a second song, and it's got to be pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. I no. mean, like like your guys are, and, and you're able to write a song like that. See, that's there's a lot that goes into something like that. That's more than just a songwriting thing. You're, you're writing like... Um, from someone's personal perspective, yeah, yeah, you know, and and you're tr- you're putting that trust in these guys that you've kind of just met and and, and well, yeah. kind of just yeah. like are started doing this with. That's yeah. kind of cool. It was weird how it just because Tomo wasn't even in the band at this time. It was just me, John, Jack, yeah. and Aaron. At that, we didn't point. have a bass player for a little while, <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> um, but at that point in time, we were, we were all kind of realizing, like when we first started playing, even when we started rehearsing together, like just doing covers, and then writing that song, we realized that we do have something here where we do have a chem- a natural chemistry to be able to write stuff like this and bounce off each other. Yeah. Yeah. And going into never, never surrender. That was, um, yeah, it was very exciting to see that we could actually continue. It wasn't just a, like, 
lightning strikes twice. It was a lightning strikes twice kind of situation. Yeah, right. Where, not in a sense where like they were both hits or anything, but the fact that we were able to go through that process not once but twice and then continue to do that over over again. You know what I mean? It, I it, think I, you know. I think in a band like you guys, the the process really comes down to where you know you're unless you're one of them really like fortunate, lucky people who writes a song and every every party just oh, takes yeah. to it and you take off right away. I think you know it's it's a process that you have to. Honestly, it comes down to like, do you believe in yourself? Exactly. Just like everything else. And so, if you're writing music that you believe in mm. and you just stick to the formula, eventually, people come around. Right. It's a and, it's a matter of an uphill battle and just fucking taking it on the chin and keep going. Yeah, you don't give up. And you, if, as long as you believe in each other and you believe in the music you're doing, there's the only thing that can stop you is yourself. Right. Exactly. It's true. You know what I mean. As long as you're doing all the right things, you know, playing out's a big thing. Mm. Playing out's a big thing. You guys. Now, speaking of that, we did a show back a while back for uh, Stacy and Jeff Hatrix. Yes, uh, it was going to be a benefit for Stacy. She's she has cancer, and and they were raising money for. Her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were a part of it. We had um, Nancy in here. You guys know who Nancy Jones is. Oh yeah, Nancy. Yep. She was she was in here. Uh, we had an interview with them. Uh, we were actually supposed to be there. And uh, so we were supposed to be set up there. We were going to be interviewing the bands. We had a whole thing planned out. We real elaborate. We, and I got the COVID. Fucking COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and literally, I got it days. I, I remember forget texting him. I'm like, dude, I got COVID. And I, I didn't know what he was going to do. <laughs> and he was just like, is what it is, you know? And oh, it was yeah, just one of those fun. things, man. But that really turned out good. You guys, oh, yeah. the guys that did this, kudos to you guys, man. Because thank you. Thank you. You guys pulled it off. The money was raised. Everything went the way it was supposed to go. Obviously, Nancy's a big part of that, too. Oh, She's yeah. like a, a she, relentless driving force type person. She planned that whole thing. And, I mean, I props I mean, props to her for really, you know, buckling down and trying to make it something special. Yeah. And, like, um, like we, we, we told her immediately after we got done with that show that, like, we would be more than happy to come back and do it again next year. Oh, good. And, um... It was funny because, like, the first time we met her, uh, it was cool because we were just, like, going back and forth. And she, like, kind of brushed past the fact that she used to be in WWE. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Because like, I, I used to be, like, huge into, like, WWE, WWF, like, just, you know, Triple H, Steve Austin, The Rock, all, all that. But, like, no, it was cool kind of to be able to work with her and, like. Yeah, she had great stories. Oh yeah, she she uh, yeah she had some really great stories. She did. Um, but um, she just seeing her com- uh, commit to that was was so cool because she really did truly believe in. Oh, she loves that. Them. I mean, she loved Stacy so much. Oh I mean, yeah, she, and, she she put everything into that. Oh I yeah, mean. and after meeting her, I mean, like meeting Stacy and Jeff. Number one, meeting Jeff Hatrix, uh, was another very very surreal thing where I was right. like, dude, I've been listening to Mushroom Head since I was thirteen. Yeah. And now I'm talking to him like person, and he and he's showing us an unreleased the song that he just released on his uh, Jeffrey Nothing. Yeah, Jeffrey Nothing, his solo work. We were listening to that, like doing the meet and greets, like getting to him meeting the bands and stuff like that. He was like, "Yeah, here, check this out." And we're hearing that guitar part, and we're like, "Dude, this is gonna come out in like a couple months." <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna be like, "Dude, we were the first people to listen to that." <laughs> That's a great. But, um, he was he was it was almost surreal for me too having him in here and and, and talking yeah. to him and stuff because. For me, it goes back to my teens and stuff like that with the purgatory days and then Hatrix. And then, and it's like, yeah, it was definitely cool, man. It was like, he's a cool guy too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hearing like her, hearing like his side of the story with the whole mushroom head situation. I'm like, dude, this is like straight, 
like straight from them. There's no like loud wire news that I have to look up to oh, see no, right. what's going on. You're getting right from the horse's mouth, man. Yeah, and like and it was the same way with Waylon. Like when we met him at SummerSlam, um, God, he was just a down to earth dude. I mean, like really, really cool. Because like I remember us walking in a, a, that that one show too, the, the SummerSlam. Jack and I were like just bringing in equipment, and I'm like, we see this dude pass us, and like we're both carrying an amp, and we both look back, and we're like, dude, that was Waylon. And he's just chilling, like, eating a sandwich, just, like, talking yeah. to other people. That's cool. And, like, uh, we got done with our set that one at that show, and Jack came up to me. He's like, dude, Waylon came up to me and talked about the fact that he had his kids come out and watch us. And I'm like, what for? He's like, yeah, because he wanted us to, like, he, he had his kids come out and watch us because he wanted them to see and be inspired by the fact of how young we were and still, like, performing yeah. on a stage. Hell yeah, dude. Which yeah. there's something to be said about that, man, because, like, you know, like, we talk about all the time, like, when me and Pat were in high school, everybody played the guitar. Right. Everybody played the guitar, you know? Yeah. It's not like that anymore. No. You know, like, like the guitar is now almost like a, 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 a instrument that not, it's, like, you're a rarity. Someone your age playing the guitar well. You know, that can yeah, really well. play the guitar. <laughs> well, you could find, like, 13 million dudes that know how to play Wonderwall. On the I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about oh, th oh, no, th I... that you want in your band. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. You can't tease a one in a million for sure. Yeah, there was so many of these back in the 70s and 80s. Everybody played the guitar. And what's cool about you also is that look at who your idols are. Those guys. You know, like the the, the guys from that time when the car, that was the, the, that was yeah. the grand Time for guitar, Rhodes, Van Halen, and and all them dudes. Then Ingve comes out, and it's oh, like, yep. oh my Love god, <laughs> he loves. That. Yeah, I mean, like, well, how couldn't you? You yeah. know what I mean? You, it's like, man, dude, those days were great, and to see that there's guys out there just keeping it going. You know yeah. what I mean? What are you guys inspired by? Like, like aside from the, that music, I mean, like you're not playing Van Halen, so <laughs> so like, what what are you what are you guys listening to? That's Get you there. I would definitely say um, Pantera is a pretty big influence for us, for sure. No kidding. Like, like Phil and Salmo, that dude's vocals are, like, unmatched. When it comes to screams, at least, like, that guy. I always think your screams sound like a mix of Randy Blythe and Phil and Salmo. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, They're Lama God's child. up there, too. Very complimentary there. I appreciate that. Yeah, he, he, he always <laughs> has said that, and, uh, like, I, I always appreciate it every time. because like, dude, there's no way. But, like, um... um no, Phil Anselmo, for me, when I first heard Cowboys from Hell and hearing those, like, just how he was able to get low and then have those just screeching highs on that on that one track. And then hearing um, I'm Broken, where he just has that super low growl. Yeah. Like, I loved how he's able to change over time every song and just, like, shape it the way he wants to and make it very natural. Well, the, so I guess the natural question is, A, two-parter, a, how do you feel about the reunion? And B, Ooh. are you going to incarceration? Oh, dude. Um, yeah, we're definitely we're definitely going to have to go see that show. Yeah. Mean, regardless of if Diamond Vinny aren't in it, that's the closest I'll ever get to see Pantera. You never so. saw them? No, no. I never got the they chance. They were great, man. They were, they were one of the very best yeah, metal no, bands I, mean, I ever saw. I mean, like, it, it's a goddamn shame that... Well, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird how it happened. Oh yeah, it's 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 so sad to see that that even like the the process of like seeing Dime die and seeing Vinny die, and like knowing that my God, I'm never gonna be able to see that guy live ever again. Never, I know. Like it's it was just so it was just such a like sad thing for me. 
because like I had I had gotten into them and Dime was already dead by then because obviously I'm like I was born in two thousand one. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it was just such a yeah such a shame to me that I'm like these guys are such talented musicians and it ended on such a bad note that they weren't able to really reconcile before a ca- catastrophe happened. So are you guys going to incarceration? You think? Um, we'll I'll probably be going. We also have a tentatively. We have a chance of being able to play at the small stage there. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. I don't. I don't want to make any promises because I don't. I don't know if that's going to be official or not. But you're working. You're working for it. Working yes. toward it. We recently had a um, promoter um, that was really into us. Uh, we played at a vor- the Vortex in Akron with him. That was the same night uh, the incident happened with Justin, where he ended up leaving the band. Oh, the incident. Yeah, that, is that is that, is that we just we just we'll leave call, it at that. We'll call it an incident. Basically, yeah, like, the I'll, incident. I'll, long story short, uh, dude came to the bar. They started getting pretty friendly together. They got both got really drunk. Uh, dude broke his window because he got mad at him and he stormed off because he was freaking out. And, oh, and I every right to be freaked out there. The dude like ripped the windshield like the window window out of his out of his car and i'm like dude like long story short don't go to the bar after a show yeah don't go to a bar after <laughs> show <laughs> go drink at a hotel hang with your buddies what yeah. was this was this local yeah it was at the vortex in Akron. oh yeah you did say that right did you yeah, yeah. yeah we played there uh, quite a amount that, that's bit of times that was actually where we first played our first show yep um Pig pretty decent sized stage there isn't it oh yeah no that was that that's was nice. cool because like we we were kind of pampered into that like for sure because um, Jack's uncle, um, like I said before, his entire family is involved in music. It's crazy. Uh, Jack's uncle was a bass player in an, uh, another band called Bold Face Lies. Um, and they had a lot of opportunities. Uh, got a show with All That Remains, and then, like, something happened with the singer where, like, he cheated on his wife or something like that. <laughs> it's <laughs> always this great stuff. It's, I it's always it. like you get right there and then something fucking happens. Yeah, right, man. But like, yeah, they were they were very talented and uh, basically uh, his name's we call him Spike because uh, he's all, that's his nickname, I guess. I don't know how he got it, but well, um, I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Spike yeah. uh, he basically has a lot of connections. Yes. So one of those um, connections being Mike Wendell. Um, a promoter that's like in the Akron Kent scene. Oh, um, and he he did a lot of shows for Boldface Lies back in the day, and I, I mean I appreciate the hell out of this guy because I mean he's always been really good to us. Always like gives us opportunities when I text him if we like looking for like connections to another venue. He'll get back to me as soon as possible. Awesome. And he really I mean I I really give him props for it because he really took a chance on us like. He didn't know how we were going to be on stage, we didn't, and we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Like, we never played a live show before. Right. And he put us on a pretty decent stage for, like, just starting out. Like, we should be playing at, like, like well, I mean, we did play at a bar one time. <laughs> that was our first exposure. Bar, bar. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, a club bar, and we we were, like, in the corner while everyone was drinking, getting off work, and they were, everyone was just, like... like yeah, you guys are pretty thing. intense for something like that. Yeah, yeah. you got to kind of know you're going to this thing to, def- to enjoy it. Definitely an odd vibe, for sure. Yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah, and they, we we went on stage for that show and uh, overall killed it for our first show, and uh, Mike helped us out with a bunch of other shows like that. And That, that was When Scenes Collide 8, or When Scenes Collide Yeah, we nine. played with Pigweed. I think it was 8. Yeah, um, it was... 
metal bands, rap bands, rap rap groups. rap groups. So Casey Zans, a couple other. We played guys. with them a few times. Yeah, we played with Casey Zans a couple times. Yeah, but pretty good experience. They're, yeah, they're they're pretty cool too. Um, but yeah, we first played with Pigweed, and that was that was really cool because I mean they they tore quite a bit. Yeah, I see them a lot come pop up their names. Yeah, always. yeah, but um, yeah, that was our really our first exposure into the live scene. So you guys now you guys have four songs out right now, and there's a new one you're working on right Correct. now that you guys are pretty much releasing. Yes, it's, if, it, it should be out actually. By the time this is released, yeah, yeah right, yeah, right. And you out. guys are making a, a, a video for this and everything. Oh now, yeah. Now has that been the the, the mo of all this stuff like have you guys been putting videos um, together with the songs or are you just now starting to get into the usually video we we have a song we have a music video out for crooked and usually how it goes is if we're really like we think this song is really something special we'll we'll put a music video to it because we it. want people to have that visualizer yeah. and like be able to have a story to go along with it and um especially with this song it's really exciting because it's the first time we've ever done a feature with anyone and like have, having Mikey Wrightson from Iravera on it. Oh, that's cool. He, oh yeah, he's a beast. Very talented, <laughs> harsh vocalist. Dude is a beast. But um, so you got like two of those, and then you got your voice also. Yeah. So you're doing three voices. Yeah. Here. So yeah. it's it's gonna be like this is definitely on our recorded on our recorded discography. Guess, definitely the heaviest yeah. song we've released. And oh this really? This is gonna yeah. be like the quality mark for releasing. You know, definitely, it's going to be the pedestal of what we yeah. want to make for quality. This is your rain and blood. So for this sure. is like, like 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 you guys do that, and then everything sounds like that after that, pretty much. After yeah, that. well, I mean, like we definitely when it comes to <laughs> we quality. Got, yeah. Well, you got to find. Oh, you know, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So this is a well produced. This is just a well produced. Yeah, we song. we've put a lot of time and effort. Well, you guys, you guys, stuff sounds pretty well produced. I mean, I, I got to oh, say, yeah. it's and not. It's, yeah, it sounds pretty well. That's produced. that's all Brandon, Brandon Folsom. Folsom. Yep. Um, very, very good. He worked um, with Boldface Lies, too. Yeah, he was, he was, that was another connection we had. That was the only reason we actually got in contact with Brandon, because he had recorded Boldface Lies' first EP. Um, so we ended up hitting him up, and we recorded two songs at Shane Grimm's house, which is the guitarist of Iravera. Like, it's weird, because, like, our scene, it's so odd. Like, I was talking to the guys in Iravera about this a little while back, like, it's so weird how internet our scene is, at least this local area, where everyone's trying to help each other out. Yeah, it's gotten to be that way again. Mm-hmm. Thank God, you know, where everybody does do that. They yeah. promote each other. Right. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it, it, without with everyone pushing each other, it's going to – you have an inevitability to at least get some sort of success. Well, yeah, and if you can even build yourselves together on, on, on and promote yourselves that way also, like, like getting along with the other bands mm-hmm. is way smarter than not. The other, the other thing that comes out of that is, you know, we see it all the time. You see it all the time in, in the big picture too. Mm-hmm. You know, you get five bands that kind of like are tight. Right. And, you know, not only – do you love the music you're playing, but mm. you might want to do something different. Right, right. And that guy in that band might think the exact something. same way that you're thinking. to be right. like, dude, I would love to do that. And then you're like, well, Bob in that band was, I talked to him and he said to say, and now you got the, the right four dudes to make right. that band and have your side project. Well, I mean, look, at, you c- look at Soundgarden and uh, Rage Against the Machine with Audio Slave. Oh, yeah. I mean, like. That kind of thing. Yeah. But, you, but this happens all the time. These little side projects are formed. Right. And sometimes the side project end up ends up taking over right. all the other projects. Yeah. You know, it happens. But it's always I just find to, not to mention the fact that you have a gig. You guys now know straight up what this is about. Mm. You have gigs booked, and some dude's sick. Some dude's got COVID. Some dude quit. Some mm. dude this. Some dude that. Yeah. To have a guy in, in this band 
that kind of knows your stuff. And is willing to save your ass. To do and, and you guys can interchange, and you can help that band sometimes. Right. Well, the singer's a little different usually, but I mean, mm. the guitar player, the drummer, the bass player, where they can just insert and... And, and interchange, yeah. Yeah, and you, you don't know any better of it, because your gig, the, the show must go on. Exactly. You know what I mean? You, just yeah. because you're sick, man, we still got to play. Right, yeah, absolutely. Somehow, some way, you know? No, and knowing all these guys out. helps a lot, man. Yeah. Right. Second to last show, Jack was at his... um. Uh, football banquet, and he just he had to oh, drive all yeah. the way from, I think yeah. Did he get there Salem. like five minutes before you were supposed to get? Yeah, on he stage? got there like dressed up all night. Yeah, he <laughs> got there dressed in his like in that. his football banquet clothes just to show you how young he is. He's still in high school. I mean, he, yeah, like he just got done with like football for his senior year, <laughs> and this dude just showed up in like buttoned up and khakis. <laughs> Through his stage through, performs like that. Through his V on him, just <laughs> shredding, but um. Yeah, it's just it's a very situational thing for sure. Uh, but uh, it's nice to know that there, to an extent, is someone that you can rely on to help you out, and they can rely on you to. Yeah, I mean, them. like, there's a whole lot that goes on in that, and you, and you, and it's hard to promote yourself. Oh yeah, when you got other people promoting and you're promoting and everyone's promoting, it just it, the whole scene is lifted. Right. You know that, that and that's what's important. And I, and I think Cleveland is. There's seen there's a scene brewing in the Cleveland Akron area. And, it's and funny because like it, it, I noticed that too because like I remember like talking about it with the band. I'm like, yeah, the, dude, the Pittsburgh scene's wild right now. And I'm like, dude, I, like I don't know, like because it seems like Cleveland's starting to build back up again. Like it seems there's a lot of people in this city that are really passionate about that about this kind of sound, this heavy sound, and like want to see it flourish. Like I mean, take um, uh, what's his name, Zach Delgado. Uh, yeah. He he's done two articles on us. Um, Zach was on our show. Oh yeah, Zach does a, a segment on every one of our shows. Yeah, he, no, he's yeah. he's a yeah. great guy, and uh, we he's were always... talking to him one time. He's like, "You guys should definitely get on Level Up Cleveland." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we were like, "All right, dude." And he he was he was very uh, you know honest with us about how he felt about our sound, and like, and he was very you could tell he's very passionate about the music that's in this city. Like he wants, he wants that underground scene to be brought to the forefront. And I think there's a lot of people that have that same, same image. I agree. I, I think I it's mean, happening. I mean, uh, what was it? Cleveland Mosh that just they started doing a festival now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we can get on that at some point, but um, it, has, it's it cool. also, it also comes down to some of these producers that are local here too. You know, like one, well, one of the things that are here is also uh, Juan Ricardo. I don't know if you know who Juan is, but Juan was a legend. He is a legend Cleveland wise. He's been in, he's, the very first metal bands and stuff. He's in Sunless Sky now. He's yeah. an incredible singer. But he's also a rep for Pure Steel Records. Oh, and okay. he signs a lot of these bands to Pure Steel. Pure Steel is a German label. Interesting. So he, they basically, when they record, they just do everything and just send it over, and then they do all the producing and mixing in Germany and send it back. They're, hmm. they're a big deal. They're, they produce a lot of the bands. However, Mercenary Studios with Noah Buchanan is... Like almost all these metal bands that are coming in here, uh, we Noah Noah we love Noah Noah Mercenary Noah right. Noah Noah we keep hearing so much so that Noah was in here a month ago. We right, yeah right. we just like no we're just bringing him in right and you know this some of these producers like Noah Buchanan dude they're creating a a, a whole sound for this whole area right. it's almost like they're they're doing so many of these bands now that are out there Ringworm he does he does. I don't remember. No, I can't like, remember I, all the bands. I would compare it to like the say. I don't know uh, if you'd know much about it or not, but I, have you ever ever heard of the band Attack Attack? Not that. No attacks, but not Attack Attack. Okay, there, there's this there's this uh, very 
scene-esque metalcore band that started in the early 2000s called Attack Attack in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I believe Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. I want to say Dayton, Ohio. But um, basically just a bunch of these guys were just really into the metalcore that they liked, and they were getting made fun of for it because obviously they were just kids that were trying to act hard. But what ended up happening was like a flourish of just all these different guys kind of just going their separate ways and just blowing up as as uh, musicians. I mean, Beartooth, Caleb Shomo, he writes all the music in that band, and he originally started out in Attack Attack, uh, the lead singer of of Mice and Men. Oh, he was originally in it. He was, I think, he was the first singer of Attack Attack. Yeah, this is so. This is like the Purgatory story where. Mushroom Head came out of Purgatory. Yeah. Mystic came out of Purgatory. Like, all these bands that got huge after Purgatory, they all started there. Right, and I feel like we're getting that same that same thing happening, kind of repeating itself, especially with, like, mainstream... Like, a lot of mainstream uh, musicians now are definitely trying to go for a heavier sound. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, love him or hate him, Machine Gun Kelly. That yeah, dude, he's trying to rock out a little. That dude's trying to rock out. I mean, there's guys like Poor Stacy that are trying to make a metal sound, and, like... Uh, Miley Cyrus releasing a rock album. Well, it's just it's become it's not it's not that weird anymore to have hard guitars and and loud drums right, and speed and Vogue, yeah. double double beats double time beats and all that kind of thing. Right. Well, you guys are killing it. Thank I you. I mean, you guys are killing it. You guys are you guys are just starting off, kind of basically. Really, I mean, like you guys are four going to be five songs into this thing. Yeah. And eventually, you guys are said you're going to be putting out another EP down the road here. Yeah. So we'll have to for look sure. out for all that stuff. Where can they find all that? Where, where, uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, so basically wherever just Yeah, all streaming them. platforms. Yeah, uh, and you can find us on YouTube. We've got a music video out for Crooked right now. Uh, and all our music's up there too. And a couple of live performances we have up on YouTube as well. Cool. So All right. Well, we're out of time, guys. All righty. I appreciate you guys coming down. This Thank was fun, man. Thank you for man. Us, man. Hell yeah, dude. This was awesome. Yeah. Was I, got, I got a feeling you guys are going to really do well. I think you guys are, are you're all young still, man. It's like. <laughs> Seriously, that's like the best. You got yeah. all the great ingredients. That's the and, and you guys are killing it. Thank you. Thank really, you. I, it means I, a lot. Means a lot. Ah, sure. I appreciate you guys coming, man. All right, keep your eye out for them, man. Counting gravestones. That's it for us. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. See ya. This has been Level Up Cleveland. There's a new episode every week. Available now on all streaming services. You can catch every episode of Level Up Cleveland on YouTube. Till next week, rock on. That'll be fine.